0: episode number 50, 50, 50 cent, we need 50 cent on here, Uh Sun Pot, Razzball Fantasy Ball, Basketball Podcast, um, I am honored to be joined, as always, on a weekly basis, by Joel, Joel, what's going on, my man? I'm doing okay, man, how's it going with you, son? I'm uh, doing well, like, we were just talking, you know, Halloween, so, um, rummaging through my kids' stash, I'm gonna steal all the candy and get uh, super fat and high later today, so that was, <laughs> uh, it's going be your it's going to be a glorious day. What's your candy of choice? Oh, man. I'm, you know, I show no discrimination, really. Um, I'm an equal opportunity candy eater. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I I enjoy Twix. You know, I, I know people go crazy dissing candy corn. Like, I love candy corn. Wow. I, I mean, it's it's candy sweets. I got a sweet tooth. I'm, I'm trying to think if I actually hate any candy. Um, I mean, I even like Peeps so i'm probably you know <laughs> like i'm good it's, it's candy I, i'm good with it uh what about you you have like preferences
1: uh i'm generally a peanut butter enthusiast so reese's are very popular in this house um, reese's are awesome. my my wife is like a a candy freak and so uh like weeks before halloween we bought like a personal stash of halloween candy that we were going to sort of be snacking on before yes. we're going to go out and get more candy for the other, you know, for the children later. Yeah. So
0: I'm, what's uh, her, what's her choice then? Uh,
1: you know, she also is, I think she's just like, if it's got sugar in it, she'll eat it. Yeah. Oh, we don't uh, your spirits. Oh man. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: but I'm, I'm looking forward to like exhausting that supply and not having candy. Cause I, I can't stop myself. I end up just like yeah. eating it constantly. And I'm so I'm ready for a little less.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I'm the Homer Simpson in in, in this household, so um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good stuff. Uh, so you went to the Bucks Pistons game last night. How was it? I, I did. It was
1: great, man. That was my first uh, live basketball of the season. Um, I was really impressed. I thought the Bucks jumped up by 12 in the first quarter, and you know the Pistons had just played the night before. They got a big win at home against the Warriors. And I thought like the Pistons were just gonna be flat. Like there was just no way that they're gonna get up for this game. Um, but they rallied back and actually Cunningham had a couple of shots at the end that could have won it or tied it. Um yeah. Bucks win, good game. Like what more could you want? You know, it was it was a great time. Nice.
0: No, that's awesome. How many games like a year do you usually go to?
1: Um, you know, I'm sort of getting into new routines. Um I've gone to about four since we moved here. So that'd be like two a year. Um, back when I lived in Oakland and back when the Warriors still played in Oakland, yeah. I had like the five or seven game flex plans, uh, okay. which were great. And then the Warriors got good and expensive yeah. and uh, <laughs> uh, live basketball went out the window. But the Bucks are still affordable. Like,
0: yeah. How much do you tickets run for Bucks games?
1: So midweek against the a bad team against the Pistons, we sat in the lower bowl for twenty seven dollars. What?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. You know. so, That's like, ridiculous. It's, so like lower lower level, twenty seven bucks. I ridiculous. think
1: it was either twenty seven or thirty two. Like we were going back and forth about like. Which and it what you know it's like on an angle it's not like you're yeah. on the sideline or anything but yeah. um it's an affordable way to go see a basketball game still you know
0: yeah no that's that's not, I mean like Laker games like Clipper games are a little cheaper than Laker games but uh oh okay so midweek I don't know for Laker games gotta be I mean what seventy five to hundred bucks on the ble for the nosebleeds yeah, yeah, yeah Clipper games uh. I mean, Clippy is cheap. We, we, we were able to go with like a bunch of, you know, my kids and his friends, like, basketball team. Like, that was like, I don't know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks in those weeks. So, you know, it's much, much cheaper. But, I mean, lower level, I mean, it's, you know, hundreds, right? Thousands. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I don't miss that's... that
1: about California, about those, because everything is more expensive there. But, yeah. Uh, getting live basketball in the lower level for like an affordable Shoot, night that's, out.
0: That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Um, I'm so jealous. You know, like when I was younger, I used to go to some games, just all different sports, and I love it. But now, man, it's just, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's just, how, how do you, how do people do it? You know, like, especially if you have a family, you're, you know, like, it's just nuts, man. It's nuts. Are you I mean, you, like,
1: you got to yeah. be living in an affordable place. Like, uh, that that was a really nice time out, and like, the where this, the arena is situated downtown, like, you know, we, my buddy and I took a car over. Yeah. Um, monday the the Hofbrau house that we went to uh was happy hour all night on monday I mean, the whole thing was just like you'd have to worry about parking there's yeah. very here i am just like an evangelist I'm like move to milwaukee it'll be easier <laughs> but,
0: um
1: that's those are the charms of living in a smaller city it's just like a lot of this is a lot less complicated and a lot less expensive
0: yeah yeah no true that it's, um, it kind of reminds me of Uh, San Diego Padres baseball game, like, they have their stadium right on the, you know, the water in downtown, and it's awesome, right, like, you go to a game, or even before and after, once you walk in, walk out, you know, there's, like, you know, the downtown, the streets, all the restaurants are there, you know, very quaint, quiet, like, it's awesome, compared to, like, Dodger Stadium, it's, like, in the hills, you know, you gotta drive, Uber, there's nothing around there, it's, like, so annoying, you know, no train, it's just, yeah, it's brutal, but, um, all right, so we've done rambling. We <laughs> we got to get into business here. Well, speaking of business, shout out to Thrive Fantasy, a sponsor. Uh, come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose ten of the twenty available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 100,000 guaranteed in prizes for the opening nights of the NBA season. Use promo code RASBALL when you sign up today and you'll receive a 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com sign up and prop today all right man a lot of stuff to do um we're gonna get into uh, we had some show notes and there was some big news that happened before uh, earlier before we stopped on but you know starting now like you know we're starting to get a bigger sample size of games and, and stats and things like that so i t- kind of just wanted to beginning the pod just highlight some stats that kind of you know jumped out to me both from a player and team perspective so john Morant. He's at ten point five free throws per game. It's insane. Last season he was at seven point three. Only Giannis and Luca are above ten. Donovan Mitchell seven point three dimes. He's never been above five before. So you know, obviously not having Darius Garland is there. But I'm curious to see where that kind of settles in when Garland is back into the mix. Brooke Lopez, three point three blocks per game. Insane. Zubac is at two point nine. Bulbo two point four. From a team perspective, Indiana, fifth in offensive pace. Utah, surprisingly, seventh. OKC, seventh in defensive rating. Utah's at eighth. Portland's at ninth. Um, Utah, right? Seventh in offense, eighth in defense. No wonder they're six and two. It's it crazy. Break up San the Antonio. Jazz. San Antonio? I know. It's, it's insane. San Antonio, first in assist percentage. Utah again. Ah, they're six. Dallas, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, 30th because Luca has like a insane 40% usage rate or it's probably more than 40% it's insane Utah's right behind us, 29th Uh, Clippers they're tops in turnovers Uh, San Antonio right behind so when I say tops that means bad they're turning over the ball the most uh, OKC they have the best turnover rate Uh, in terms of two shooting percentage Boston Philly Cleveland are tops Lakers Houston OKC on the bottom so those are just things you know just kind of just stood out to me now let's get into the big story of today um steve nash fired from brooklyn <laughs> rumors are that ime udoka is rumored as a front runner um so give me your thoughts <laughs> i don't um oh wait it just came in so they brooklyn plans according to shams they plan to hire ume udoka as their new coach. good so i mean that obviously was in the mix before they fired nash right yeah that had to have been the plan
1: That, I would assume so. Um, I mean, I guess my first thought is, like, Ime Yudoka must really miss coaching because I would not want that job. I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Nets, or a little bit about the Nets at least, about, like, is it going to fall apart? And I feel like it's happening right now, you know. Um, I guess, like, the best case scenario is, like, you know, Yudoka is a – you know, off-court stuff aside, is a respected voice and someone that can sort of galvanizes this team and get them sort of playing together in a cohesive way. But you know, the the Nets are two and five. Uh, Simmons is struggling. Kyrie Irving is uh, a menace. I think. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's no way that that playing with Kyrie and, and being part of that circus is making winning games any easier um you know they're still waiting on curry and harris to get back there isn't a lot of depth i don't think they're better than the celtics i don't think they're better than the bucks i don't think they're better than the sixers like i i don't know i i'm not terribly bullish on uh on udoka being the person to come in and save this thing but um, i wasn't terribly bullish on them to begin
0: with so uh what do you think man well can i make a can I make a joke? Yeah, <laughs> so for sure. you know Udoka is obviously he's a great coach, right? Um, but you know, I mean the dude has game, right? Obviously, right? Like he's able to, you know, get all these multiple married women to sleep with him and you know do things and you know transgressions and things like that. So like, if he has that kind of game, imagine the type of stuff that he can get his players to do, right? Like you know, right? The thing is, it's like coaches, you know, some guys they say. I'm willing to, you know, run through walls and jump on bridges for a coach. I mean, I, you know, Udo, cause you know, he's got to be on a different level, right? So maybe he has that.
1: <laughs> he's uh,
0: you know? the power of persuasion. Does
1: it extend to Kyrie Irving? I guess is the real question. Can you get Kyrie to, to sort of fall in line here? Uh, I yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know about this Brooklyn situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, there's ha- I mean, there's talent though. Uh, you know, you're saying I mean I, you're right that they are top heavy. Um, but I mean they have pieces, right? Like, okay, so Harris came back, Curry's gonna come back, so they got some shooters, you know, Day Sharp, uh, Claxton, center, like you can you know, I mean that's a nice little mix there, right, at the center position. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm surprised that like Kessler Edwards doesn't get more run because I mean he showed some things last year, right? Like defensively and you know he has some athleticism. So, um, I don't know. I, I I think there's some there's some stuff there, but uh, you know we shall see. You know Cam Thomas is a sore. He hasn't been playing. You know Edmund Summer has shown some stuff. So.
1: They're such a bad defensive team though. I mean. Yeah, they are you got to play both sides of the ball and like getting Curry back, isn't going to help with that. Harris, isn't going to help yeah. with that. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess, you know, Royce can guard, but I just, I'm, it feels like the pieces were never really put together. You know, like that's part of the fallout of moving up, having to move off of James Harden and, and taking Simmons back in that return. But like, yeah, you know, like team, <laughs> right. it has to, you have to do it all together, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I'm obviously unbiased because I, I do uh, enjoy the Bucs. I root for the Bucks. I just watched them win last night. They haven't lost all year. Yeah. And i look at, like, how good the top of the East is. Yeah. And, yeah, no one's going to, you know, you can't say anything bad about Kevin Durant as a basketball player. But I don't, that's not, you don't need to walk into a championship because you have KD on it, you know?
0: yeah for sure you know like prior maybe uh, i don't even know i mean what, 10 years 15 years ago maybe it was kind of like you had two superstars you could kind of figure it out right and that was kind of like enough but now i think the league is just it, it's just too good like i mean now like some people are saying you need three right like you need three guys um and then you know obviously it kind of relates to like our drafting over the season right like the puzzle, right? The puzzles have to mm-hmm. fit, right? They all have to like, um, and, you know, your concept of team, like it, it is true, you know, like, the competition is very fierce in the East, you know, Bucks. I mean, Cavs are dope, Celtics, Raptors, right? Hawks are better. I mean, I think even the Knicks are good, you know. The Philly's gonna figure it out, so, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tough, um, but you know, like I said, man, Udoka's got game, so <laughs> we'll see how much Yeah, we'll we'll see how much game he has because I mean he's he's shown it on other courts. Uh so <laughs> uh this'll be interesting. Uh it's gonna be really fun. Um yeah, I mean
1: Do you think that there's any um any like uh savvy fantasy moves that can be made in wake of this? I mean it'll be a new rotation one would think or at least the possibility of a new one. Um, but you just you have to wait it out and see.
0: Yeah, I think you just have to wait because you just don't know what's going to happen um, with you know what he's going to do. Uh, you know, I mean, what... He was very switch-oriented on defense last year, right? So I guess you could kind of look at that um, and maybe he brings him some more athletic... Because scoring is not going to be an issue right like if you have Kyrie and Durant like scoring is not going to be an issue right you just stagger those guys right so you know you can maybe put so you have O'Neal you know I guess you could have Harris, you probably want to have Harris there to space it out as a third guy mm-hmm. um, but you know yeah I mean I would play Kessler Edwards more just I don't know. I thought he showed a lot last year, right? And especially yeah. defensively and stuff like that. And he's young. You know, Claxton is great. Like he'll be able to probably switch. So you know, O'Neal, Durant, Claxton. I mean, they're gonna. They can all switch. Yeah, yeah. See, the question is Simmons, right? Like, what's he gonna do with Simmons? Um, you know, he's obviously can switch everything too. So I mean, yeah. What? Well, I mean, I guess you could go. Irving, Simmons, Durant, O'Neill, Claxton, and then have one of the shooters, Harris Curry. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I am very interested to see what he's gonna you know, how he's gonna do it. But I would imagine that he's gonna keep that same philosophy. He'll probably wanna push the play pace more. Mm-hmm. Right? Just you know, just run it up. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I, I really have no idea. I
1: I it seems kind of desperate. I guess it, that's sort of where the nets are now, though. Like, I last week you asked me if this thing will blow up, and I sort of yeah. have been hawed. And I, I'm feeling much more confident that this could blow up now. Um, okay. I don't. The thing is, is like I don't really know how what their paths are to, to getting better, other than like uh, Ben Simmons being the player that he was three years ago. You know, like I th- that seems to be the most important part of this that isn't really like clicking right now, um, and I think that's just going to take time. Uh, I think that's the only way that, that this going to get better. But you start out, you know, two and seven, you're losing games to the to the Pacers, um, and you know the rest of that Eastern Conference has gotten has gotten better too. Um, I just don't I don't know like. like this seems like uh maybe a play in team situation as opposed to a top four team in the East.
0: Yeah, so you know, right now they're um 29th in defensive rating at one hundred and nineteen point one points, right, per hundred per session. I mean, that's you know, that's terrible. And you figure Udoka's gonna have a pretty massive improvement on that. You know, they're sixteenth in the offensive rating. So I mean, if you can get their defensive rating, and I mean they have talent to, to be one of the better defensive teams, right? Um, yeah. Because they could they they you know the switchability of a lot of their players. Uh, so, I mean, just you know from a defensive improvement, I mean, I mean that's gonna be pretty big. But you know, as we went over earlier, like the Bucks, Cavs, Celtics, Raptors are definitely above them. For yeah. Sure. Uh, and then. I mean, then, you know, then, right? The Hawks, Knicks, Sixers, like, they're, right? They're all kind of, like, they could be on the same level, right? Maybe the Sixers are probably the top of that group.
1: Yeah. Hawks Hawks
0: behind. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That's six. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's six, seven. So, I mean, they could conceivably be five if, you know, they improved you know, defensively, I don't think they're, I think the top four is pretty set, you know, I think with uh, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Boston, Toronto, so, I mean, five, it's, I think it's well within the range of outcomes, if, you know, obviously, with this a lot of speculation, right, a lot of things yeah, that don't work. work, but if, right, so if Udoga can, you know, do his thing, um, if they can improve the defense, um, yeah, I think, I think that's possible, eight, but yeah, you know, playing game is definitely also within the range of outcomes too right or just you know just being completely at the bottom and, and um you know being like near the magic which is crazy
1: um yeah, yeah well Kevin Durant like, yeah. finally got what he wanted for like he was asking for uh steve nash to be fired since this
0: summer so better late than never if you're kd i guess but yeah I guess so. The funny thing with B is like he's just like yeah okay I'm out trade me. <laughs> that also
1: seems possible to me though. because right, you know?
0: right.
1: so, uh, He also made that
0: request <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, this is so crazy, so crazy. All right, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, um, all right, let's move on here. I kind of you know when thinking about this pod, it's just a, you know mumble jumble of stuff and just kind of directionless in a way. Um, but I know I didn't want to, I think I went over this in the first one. I didn't want to be just like a pick up this guy, pick up that guy, right? Like buy this, you know, I think plenty of other pods do that. So, um, you know, Joe and I, we just go through notes and whatever random thoughts that we have, we just put in the pod notes and, you know, we talk about that. And I think that's kind of the format that I want, you know, more of like a laissez-faire thing that, you know, we talk about hoops, but it's not necessarily like, um, talking about things that i mean pretty much everyone else is talking about like then what's the point right like then it's just like boring right so um uh there's a you know a few things that i've just been thinking about just randomly uh over the past week like so the take fell um you know we actually talked about this last year right about like how we can improve the game or how the game can improve right that, that was one of the topics that we wanted to so they finally did it Cleaning the glass, you know, they had a chart showing that the percentage of steals leading to transition possessions is up at seventy-one percent. So the range was like in the sixty percent range over the last six seasons. Watching the games, I love it. Um, any thoughts for you on that?
1: I think it's good. My only, the only drawback with it, from what I've okay. experienced, is that I saw Shangun do it last night, and every single time I've seen. Uh, this in play, the guy, the defender argues that he was going for the ball. <laughs> like I there's, a, there's definitely like a lag period of like, we changed the rules and like uh, it's being enforced now. Uh, and it's, it's very hard to like adjudicate whether or not that's a sincere attempt to steal it. And like yeah. players they can still like do that convincingly enough that they won't get called for it. But I mean, in general, it's a thing that i agreed with when they instituted it. I think the more, the more you can keep this game moving and free flowing and, you know, free throws and fouls are like the least compelling components of basketball to watch. And so if we can find a way to, to eliminate that and keep it moving, um, obviously, you know, eliminating the take foul and result, it results in a free throw is sort of like two step forwards, one step back, but, um, it's a good, it's a, it's a net positive for me for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's good. It's good. All right. Here's another random thought I had. Jerseys. So each team, (laughs) they have like a million jerseys. And I kind of get it. Um, You know, not only right for marketing purposes, money purposes and stuff like that. But, you know, to kind of pay respects to old teams uh, and retro and like some of them are really cool. What are your thoughts on having a lot of jerseys? Or do you want to just have like two, one home, one away? Or do you like like the retro and, and, you know, the alternative jerseys?
1: No, I think it's fun. I, I mean, I obviously like the reason why they they make so many different iterations is you can sell so many iterations. You know, how many different Giannis jerseys can you buy? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I am, I'm not one of these fuddy duddies that says you need to have just two. Uh, I wish that some of them were better. I think like the, <laughs> the Jazz rebrand is pretty bad. It seems very yeah. uninspired. Um, but at least they've got a, a you know, a whole like. Uh, wealth of alternates that they can wear instead of these ugly ones that they've made but no, i'm i'm pro more jerseys i'm pro like uh alternate floors i think that's a cool thing like i i'm here for whatever goofy stuff they've got you know i okay you're trying to grow the game you're trying to have like bring people in like different colors can do that for some i suppose
0: i got you yeah so i yeah this one was tougher for me actually um I do like the homages to the old teams, right? Like the ret- you know, the retro jerseys, like old school jerseys. Um, I think those are that's cool. And like in a way, you know, it's kind of like showing respect to the old teams. And so I'm cool with that. I think where I have a problem though is when they just like randomly decide like, all right, I want to try this color configuration for just some random reason, whatever. And like like that, I don't know, cause like you said, a lot of them like they're kind of they're kind of shitty, right? But you know, like the Detroit Pistons, the teal one, that, that was kind of cool, but, yeah. you know, like, but it's just so random, I feel like there should be some sort of, like, basis for why they're doing it, rather than, like, oh, I like this color combination, or whatnot, or, like, the Miami Heat, like, the the Miami Vice jerseys, those are dope, yeah, yeah. So, Like, and, and it makes sense, right, like, so, yeah, so, I, I, I'm good with jerseys, that have some sort of historical context to them, or they have some sort of rationale behind why you're doing it. Um, I think I kind of have an issue with when they're just like, all right, this is cool color, or you know, let's try this, and then you know, we'll do that. So, all right, that's what yeah, I'm cool with that. I
1: yeah. guess the way i caveat it is like, mm-hmm. as long as I can recognize who you are by like right. looking up at the screen and seeing your color, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. when the when the Celtics wear black, I'm just like, I don't I don't know what we're doing here, you know. this you have also you have great jerseys already just wear them um but, or like seeing there was a period uh a couple of years ago where it's like everyone was wearing gray I was like, this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you I don't agree. know who you are you're the cleveland cavaliers wearing a gray uniform what is yeah.
0: this yeah no i agree i agree like yeah the lakers with their black you know yellow jerseys like like you know, just because everyone was going black, right? So it's like, why? Like you know, your purple and gold, those are your colors. Like, well, I it's like, like I thought that was the black Mamba jersey. Oh, is that what it was? I never knew yeah. that. Uh, you're the Laker fan, man. But that was
1: my understanding of why they wore black. It was like the the Mamba mentality jersey.
0: Oh man, I see. I didn't even know that. Well, Okay, I'm gonna have to do some research on that then. Okay, so then that makes sense, right? If, if you're gonna, if there's just some sort of reason or context for that, then yeah, I'll go with it. But, um, like the Clippers jersey when they had their gangster LA black jerseys,
1: oh yeah, right? the, the San
0: Andreas ones. Yeah, I'm like, like, come on, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well,
1: this is just, like uniformly bad. So you know they can yeah. keep on making They can keep on attempting things because
0: they haven't got a good one yet. <laughs> true, true. All right, this kind of ties into my next thought. When a team ro- uh, relocates. Uh, should they keep the history, or they do? Do they need to start over? So, like new name, new jersey. Uh, so mm-hmm. it kind of ties into what we were just talking about before. Like,
1: you know, I don't. I'm curious to see what's going to happen when the Sonics get revived, right? Yeah. Because, like, in that case, it feels like they should be able to retain their history, even though there was this like gap when they became the Thunder. Um, but in general, like, I think it'd be really nice to sort of reset things. Like, the the fact that the Utah Jazz or the Utah Jazz and we have a team in New Orleans, like, yeah. we, should, we should be able to swap things around. So, right. um, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really have a – I'm of two minds of, like, I think that, like, when Seattle gets a team back, they should get their history back too. Um, and if they want to, like, include the the Thunder portion of that, that – That's within their purview, but um, I would also love to like just sort of kind of reset things of like the things that make less sense. We can we can correct and alter mostly like we can give the jazz a new name and send jazz back to New Orleans uh, because it's just such
0: a misnomer. And the Lakers, the (laughs) the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah,
1: at this point, like the Lakers are more famous for being the Los Angeles Lakers, and they. Have any like sort of cultural sway as being the Minneapolis
0: Lakers yeah but it's a stupid name like it has no association with you know Los Angeles right it's just a name that they brought over from Minneapolis and it's like it doesn't you know like there's <laughs> it's yeah like, but it's, you know, it's a brand now it's a, yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, you know? yeah right a lifestyle I, no I hear you I hear you the uh I didn't think about the Seattle aspect of it but I do like that you know um and I do agree if they get a team back they should have all that history because it's it's seattle right and the oklahoma thunder should not have all that seattle history like that doesn't make any sense to me they should have to start off with like you're the thunder now all right you moved you left the city you shouldn't be able to carry all that baggage from seattle right like you're okc now right so all your stuff right and okc that's your history right and you know like for me as a laker fan i don't think we should have all the minneapolis stuff Right, mm. so all those championships like whatever all that no like once they move to LA they should be with LA and they shouldn't be the Lakers but you know right whatever they should be Los Angeles whatever something else Um, well you know in our dynasty the Ball salary cap league right when I was doing right I'm the Los Angeles stars like I didn't know LA had a stars team but that was dope so I you know I saw it I think they might have been an ABA team but anyways so I mean you know there's that makes more sense than like Lakers but Um, so so you think that in some situations teams like should or it's okay for them to carry on history of a past like location where they're at
1: it sort of depends on like I guess it sort of depends on where you're sourcing it from you know because like Mm -hmm. the Spurs and the Nuggets and the Hawks these are like ABA teams that like turned into NBA teams and so I feel like that is something that if you want to, if they want to honor like previous, you know, ABA stars or whatever, like that seems fine to me. Interesting. Uh, okay. most, um, most of what you're talking about are like when franchises move. Yeah. Um, and that I feel like is a bit more complicated. Um, I think you can have both, you know, like now that you've got like in football, you've got the Ravens and the Browns. Like, they've...
0: See, that's dumb. Yeah. To me, that's dumb.
1: The, but right, do, think... do the Ravens, like, carry, uh, like, Brown's history? Because I feel like they sort of started over as the Ravens.
0: Don't they carry? I thought they did carry.
1: So I don't know. It's would be interesting. Right, right. right. Uh, but if you're – so Seattle gets a new team, which I think is going to happen. There's been enough, like, talk about that that it feels real. And I also think that, like uh, – the money of adding two new franchises is something that will be attractive to the NBA. Um, Does that mean Kevin Durant has 35 retired in Oklahoma city and in Seattle because he was drafted by the Sonics?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if it's the way that I want it to be, then it should just be for Seattle. And then if he does OKC, that's a totally separate thing. Right? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know I
1: don't, just... I, it sort of feels like uh, my position on um, Hall of Fames, which is like, I'm a big hall guy. Like, I think it's fine. I, I don't think that we need to have, we should throw up barriers on like who gets to be what. Like, uh, for Hall of Fames, like, the way that I think about it is like, could you effectively tell the story without this person? And if, if someone is like, an integral part but maybe doesn't have the career then like that's fine we can we can put Draymond green in the hall of fame because he was the the third component of this like franchise that this dynasty that won all these these teams because like they wouldn't have done it without him even if he doesn't have the statistical backing of it you know what i mean
0: makes sense yeah
1: but you know, I'm just a maximalist. Like we can just take all of it. It's fine. You can slow it out and decide what matters for yourself.
0: <laughs> no, I hear you. Man, so I was just going back to the the black mamba jersey. Yeah, I'm such a jerk. I totally forgot about that, man. That's so bad. You're the Laker fan. Like I don't know yeah, if that is appropriate for this, but Yeah, that's uh yeah I mean I I should just perform a now, right? Like I, I'm not I'm not worried. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I so, don't
1: right. even – oh, I'm not going to say this on a national podcast, but that, that's your problem that you got to deal
0: with. It is, it, and it's this is something that, yeah, I should just, yeah, put the knife in the stomach now and twist it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, not worthy. I'm not worthy.
1: I think if, so it, worth. if the Sonics get a team back, they should hang Durant's 35 in there. He won Rookie of the Year as a 19-year-old when he was drafted and then got moved to to Oklahoma. I'm I'm fine with that.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, so he was there for, yeah. One year. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's a tough one. I, I would probably say no, I guess. Yeah. In, in, in uh, terms of retiring. In, in terms of retiring. Uh, you say, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, see, this is like, I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's a tough one, right? Like. Just because
1: I I pulled it up, um what a monster he was as a rookie. Nineteen years old, yeah, twenty points a game, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, a steal, just under a block, shot by far his worst shooting percentage of forty-three percent. He was just gunning, seventeen attempts, shot twenty-eight percent from three. That got better.
0: (laughs) Um do you uh, remember how how skinny he was like he was like chet holmgren skinny and then oh uh, yeah
1: well because i watched them at
0: at texas at texas uh, and rick barnes right was a freaking coach and he didn't Mm -hmm. know how to use them i was like what are you doing you had this freak it's like they lost in the second round i believe right this is so yeah it
1: it was a (laughs) it was a disappointment for barnes for sure but uh yeah 19 worked out for for kevin he got better
0: yeah, he's uh yeah, one of the one of the best players man that I've ever seen. He's just like true true professional bucket getter. And like if you look at him from a fantasy perspective, like you look at his history, it's like one, 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 finish one, 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 three, three, four, yeah. two, one, one, one <laughs> It's just uh so crazy. All right. Let's You're get, it, let's this get a, What's
1: that? I said he's doing it again this year.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, he's uh he's amazing. He really is. Alright, let's transitioning to uh number one players in fantasy, Jokic. Through seven games, usage rate only twenty three percent. Was thirty one percent last year, field goals he's averaging twelve point four field goal attempts last year seventeen point seven. That's translated to twenty one points compared to twenty seven points one last year. So Um, you know, the, uh, I guess most apparent reason or the thing that kind of jumps out to the mind initially is, you know, the presence of Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray have an effect, but when all three of those guys played in 2020, right, Jokic still averaged 26.4 points, 18 field goal attempts, and had a 28.9% usage rate. So my question to you is. What what is this? What's going on? Is it an aberration? Is it just early season stuff? You know, what's your feeling? Everything.
1: I mean, I don't think that it's. I don't think that it, he's guaranteed to finish number one again just because he's done it the two years previously. Um, I think that the impact of having those other players, um, is definitely being felt. You know, the scoring is down, but I don't, I think more than just like. Uh, usage and offense like a lot of the the helpers are down too Um, just comparing like his values this year against the two previous years when he was the number one player Um, the three point value is down the rebound is significantly down from last year Um, assists are up but steals are down blocks are down field goal percentage is down Um, so it's, it's a myriad of things it's not just that um, offensively, there are other guys that are eating, or that you know, they're sort of trying to fit it all together again. Because this is now like maybe like ten games or so that it's been Murray, Porter, Jokic, and Gordon. Like it's they're still fitting pieces together, and KCP is there now as well. So I think it's a it's an adjustment period, um, and obviously there's just the the ask the of Jokic is, is, is less than it was uh, previously when he was doing sort of the one man band uh, last year and the year before. Uh, so I think, I mean, I still think you're drafted, you've drafted a first round player here. Uh, and it could, it could come up, he could still finish the year as, as the number one player, but it's just, uh, yeah, the scoring is down. And then some of the other defensive stats um, are also suffering
0: a bit. Do you know who the current number one player is on a pro game basis right now? Not on the top of my head, no. We'll, we'll take some guesses. Who do you think it, it is? Um, Duran. Okay. That is a good guess. I think he's close. Actually, I, I, I wonder where he is, but I, I know this because I was looking it up earlier. Uh, Shea. Donchich. Yeah, Shea, Shea Gilgis. Is, um, oh, wow. Yeah, right? I, I thought I, my initial thought was Donchich too, right? um but when i was looking at shay's numbers like they're freaking amazing <laughs> yeah. they're so 31 points 1.4 trays 5 rebounds 7 assists 2.4 steals yeah. 1.2 blocks 49 percent field goal percentage 100 100 free throw he yes, hasn't a free throw that helps. three turn and, and only three turnovers a game 33.3 yeah. 3, that's like Man, that is so sick. That is so sick. You have them anywhere? I do not. I, I do. I do. I have a couple couple shares, but in my DCs, um, I don't have enough though. So, yeah, Durant number two. Okay. Tatum. Yeah. So you're right there. Tatum three, Curry four, Doncic five, Irving six, Anthony Davis seven, Jokic eight, Dot Mitchell nine, Harden ten. Um. I remember one of the guys, um, uh, man, who was it? One of the guys in the in the draft champion. Oh, Curtis. So Curtis Gazovich. You know, he's been doing super well in, uh, you know, the NFBC streets for, for a long time. Towards the end of draft season, he was pretty much going all in on Anthony Davis in the first and Kyrie Irving in the second. And look, he's got the number six, number seven players. So, um... The guys that are good you know they know what they're doing man <laughs> so uh sometimes it's pretty insightful to see like where they're where they're drafting at lori marking at number 16. brooke lopez number 13. hello oh, that hey, was man. Weird. i don't know what happened was that was that on me who knows?
1: I think I'm blaming it on Anthony Davis and Kyrie Everett, So.
0: Yeah, they, yo, they, they broke, they broke the system. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of thinking that uh, the system crashed after I said Brooke Lopez is the number thirteen player on a per game basis. I, I, I don't think the matrix can handle it.
1: <laughs> I, I missed that part. I had dropped off by then. But, um, yeah, you know, I so, I obviously I went to that game last night. I have uh, a lot of thoughts about. What's going on with these uh, these bucks and with yeah. the Pistons too? Let's go. Let's hear. Um, well, Brook looks great for a guy who's yeah. like 35 and coming off a of back surgery. I I think coming into this season, I thought that they were gonna sort of baby him a little bit because he's he's obviously a really important piece to where they want to be uh, as far as a championship contender and in the playoffs and all that. But um, that has not really been the case. Um, you know, he is some of that value. I think I would say that a lot of that value has come from those blocks, um, and so I, I think we've got a little bit of some small sample skewing this uh, because, in you know, the bunch that played six games, in two of those games, Brooke Lopez walked eleven shots, and so you know, the three point three swats isn't isn't real. Obviously, I think yeah. it, everyone would sort of assume that that was coming down. Um but the shooting is is right back where it normally has been. You know, it's it's 35% from 3. Um his rebounds are up uh and most of that seems to be coming from offensive rebounding, which is kind of interesting. You would think that like Lopez's position would be further away from the basket, but uh he's been getting getting busy on the offensive glass. Um yeah, he he looks really really good. I He's not the 13th best player in fantasy basketball no, uh, for the season, but uh, I was I was surprised at just, like, uh, how fresh and, and energetic he looked. I mean, I guess I should also say, like, there isn't a single person on that Pistons roster that has anything for him. <laughs> Watching the Bucks work against the Pistons last night, it was sort of just, like, going from one advantage to the next. of Like, well, we can do the Yannis button or the Drew yeah. button or the right. Brooke button. And so um it was all just like threes and dunks from brook um he's he's played really really well
0: he has he's been unbelievable i faded him everywhere i don't have a (laughs) sense there which makes me so sad (laughs) um i mean the production obviously is unsustainable but in Mm -hmm. terms of you know the health and playing time and and energy do you think that's uh he's able to maintain uh, particularly high level or what do you think
1: I would be surprised if he played like more than 70 games you know I, I I don't think that that's in the best interest of what the team wants to accomplish um and because frankly the bucks are good and deep uh, that you know you could you can throw Bobby Portis out there and let him start eight to twelve games and probably be okay um but I you know I don't think that uh I don't think that like he's going to play, I'm talking to Lopez now, he's going to play fewer than 30 minutes. You know, I think when he's out there, he's he's obviously a really big piece of what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, I you know what he, the last couple of years, he's been top 100 ish kind of guy. Yeah. Um, maybe like he's a top 80 season. Um, it's what's scary is that the, this Bucks team has not really got it going offensively yet. Um, you know they're they're in the bottom third of teams uh, for their offensive efficiency. Um, maybe some of the production comes down when Middleton gets back and some of that usage goes away. But you know the thing that that Brooke is doing, like it's it's an eighteen percent usage right now. Like it's not like he's he's a hub. He's just he's hitting open threes. Uh, he's getting dunks and he's blocking a ton of shots.
0: Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> he's been fantastic. Um, their defense, their tops in defensive uh yeah. right, right now. Yeah, they so are. I'm looking at I am looking it up right now, but I remember in the off season, um, Budenholzer was basically saying like that he wanted to make some tweaks uh to the defense because before it was all about protecting the paint, but then mm-hmm. they were uh allowing too many open three point looks, so they wanted to kinda stick closer to it. So I'm trying to look up the Three-point defense. Let me see where it is.
1: Shut uh, while you do that, I will, yeah. I will say that, uh, you know, Bobby Portis's production is linked with Lopez's. Um, and Portis has been, you know, there was an expected drop-off because Lopez was healthy. Portis has really held his own in 28 minutes. Um I'm a little bit worried. I'm more worried about Portis taking a step back than I am Lopez. um, Just because it's the, it's the same thing we're talking about with Jokic. Like some of those helpers aren't really there. Like the defensive stats are a bit down from where they've been. They never really were, um, you know, a big part of his value. Um, But he's also, he's he's taking and making fewer threes uh, than he has in years past. Um, I think that, that of the two, I'd be more worried about Portis slipping more, uh, mostly because I think he's he doesn't he's got less wiggle room uh, while, as long as Brooke is healthy.
0: Interesting. No, it makes sense. Uh, that was one of my concerns uh, coming into the season. Uh, I kind of nuked uh, Portis's value and minutes plate because of the prospects of Brooke. but my mistake was I didn't elevate Brooke enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: Fortis is seeing 24 minutes per game now. He played 28 last year as a starter, so it's not like it's it's completely dried up on him. Um, and like you know that that second unit for the Bucks, especially now while Connaughton is hurt and Middleton is hurt um, and Grayson Allen is terrible, uh, <laughs> it's a, you know Bobby really gets to eat with that second team. They run a lot. They run a lot of action through him. So. You know, the rebounds will be solid. The scoring will be solid. He's, I think he's going to be a, a rosterable, rosterable player throughout the
0: year. Um, let let but, me ask you this. If, uh, so, you know, Allen kind of took his knee, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he's out, so say he's out for an extended period of time, who do you think is the main guy? Is it George Hill, Beauchamp, or um, Nawara?
1: I don't think it's any of those guys. I think it's Wesley Matthews. Wow.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Well, because West played a lot. He started a, a number of games, maybe like 15 games for the Bucks last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, when you're looking at that starting group, like, what you're really asking for from the player in that role is to knock down the open threes that you're going to get because you're playing with, with Drew and you're playing with Giannis. Like, you're mostly playing as a four-spacer. Um and Wesley can definitely do that. Uh, he's a big enough body that he can guard well enough that he won't get eaten up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to feel good about anything that George Hill is doing. Like, yeah. it, It's it's not a good look. I don't think Noir guards well enough okay. uh, to do what Which they want to do. Because
0: he's yeah. big. He's long. He's 6'8", and he's pretty long athletic. But, okay, I, I hear you.
1: And then Bo, Beauchamp is just green. Like I, yeah. You can't... He, you're not going to start a rookie on a team that has championship aspirations. That is as good as the Bucks and has better options. Like, sure. um, I think that, I don't know. I, Grayson Allen is, he's in, it's such a great spot. It's, it's really hard to watch it transfer into so little production right now, because yeah, with Middleton and Connaughton out, like he should be walking into like 28 to 30 minutes a game. And, uh, the shot has not been falling for him. Uh, he's hit 32% of his threes. Um, he's shooting 37% on corner threes, which is like, that number needs to be higher. Um, I think that this is, uh, mostly anecdotal, but like, I think that he was asked to build his skill of putting the ball on the deck and getting, you know, being able to drive past people who close out too hard. Um, he tried to make a couple of moves off the bounce yesterday, and they led to just really ugly turnovers. It just it doesn't seem like that's in his bag right now. And so, um, yeah, I've got I've got Allen in that 30 team league, and I thought that <laughs> I, I made a great buy because he's going to yeah. play so many minutes and the usage would be there. And it's been a rough first seven games, six games for, for Grayson.
0: It has been. All right, so I found the stats for the Bucks. So last year. They allowed 27.8 three pointers. Um, second closest was 23.9, so like a huge, huge discrepancy. This year, um, man, they're be they're below 25, so they are 6th two, at 24.5 per game. So that's almost three uh, shots per game less. Uh, the Warriors give up 25.7. So um, yeah, you know it's. They talked about it in the off season. Um, the scheme has changed and it's it's translating uh, to you know the the numbers on the field. So you know again it's, it's still pretty early. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only been what seven games, seven eight games, my dad. Like so but yeah, that that'll be interesting to see because I mean, you know they get Middleton healthy, and then their defense is even better. Like what? That's like yeah. that's insane. Yeah, that's that's really scary. So. That's are wild.
1: You, I'm so down on the Nets. Right? You've got to beat the yeah. Bucks. I don't know yeah. how you do it.
0: Uh, I hear you. 82 and 0, or, or no? Yeah, that seems reasonable. I, I yeah. think that. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: um, no. I, so the last thing, you know, like I said, I, I went to this game and I was sort of watching, yeah. it and, and then I came back and looked at some statistical numbers. Um, it is not a surprise what I'm going to say that uh, that Giannis is unbelievable. Um, but Giannis is unbelievable. They're just sick. Yeah. You know, you you would watch what the what the Pistons were trying to do. They'd throw Sadiq Bey at him, they'd throw Nerlis Noel at him, they'd throw Isaiah Stewart at him. Stewart had like three fouls immediately. Yeah. Um, but Giannis Giannis just gets to where he wants to go. forty-nine uh, percent of his shots this year have come at the rim. And Giannis is conversion rate at the rim is 85.7%. I mean, That's crazy. Um, half of the time he gets where he gets to a place where you just can't stop at him. Um, and then the other thing that I saw in the numbers for him that I thought was interesting is the number of assisted field goals for him is lower than it's ever been. Uh, so he's, he's getting to a spot half the time he's finishing 85% of the time when he gets there, and he's doing it without someone setting him up. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's watching a man come into like the peak of his powers here. It's, he's an unbelievable watch.
0: He's great. Do you remember a few years ago when him and Harden were kind of going tit for tat? You know, Harden was kind of dissing him, you know, like he's just seven foot and he could just jump and dunk. But like, you know, the amount of skill, right, and development that he's shown, even from that stage, has been unbelievable um, i do think that he's going to develop a pretty proficient jump shot like it's it's not bad right now right but you know like it's i mean i, oh, I got to look up the numbers but you know if it's like carl malone s type of thing right like okay hold on so yeah, so Carl Malone, eh, he was always at fifty. I thought he was a little below that when he first came into the league. So okay, so bad comparison, but if he gets that jumper to like, I mean, to a level where like, you know, dudes actually have to come out and guard him, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, because right now they're just open j- jays, right? And so and he's still getting to the rim even with that. So
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. He's an amazing player. Uh, the, the Bucks are good, you know. I uh, I was at this game with my buddy last night, and, you know, we were talking about that Celtics series last year. And as good as the Celtics are, and I think that they really are a good team, like beating beating Giannis four times in a series is it's just a hard thing to do, you know, it, because no one really has – Great answers about what you do about him when he's got the ball. Uh, and like you said, Middleton comes back. This this is, could be a special season, I think, for the Bucks. Uh, Holiday's Holiday is finally starting to play well too. He was was pretty uh, pretty frigid coming out of the gate, but um, man, like that's the three of those guys rolling. You keep Brooke healthy. Um, maybe Grayson Allen can figure something out. But if not, you know. There are other shooters available. Uh, It's a good team.
0: It's a good team. Yeah, for sure. You know, like Giannis is the poster boy for um, draft potential and just physical freakness, right? Like, you know, there's always that debate of, like, opportunity versus talent. And it's like, you know, for most sports, a lot of times I will kind of lean towards opportunity. Cause I'm like, you know, minutes are gold, right? Whatever. Like that's the most, if you're not on the court, it doesn't matter. Right. But like now, especially this past year, I think the pendulum has definitely shifted more towards talent for me and potential. Cause, um, you know, there's just things that like, you know, guys like this, like you can't teach, you know? So like, I remember like, cause I used to play volleyball and like one thing coaches always used to say, or like, you know, when they're recruiting and stuff like that, they're like, you can't teach 6'10" you know like doesn't yeah, matter it doesn't right. matter how good you are if you're 6'3 and there's a guy that's 6'10 and you're much better it doesn't matter we're taking the 6'10 guy because right like his ceiling is much higher and we could probably teach him the stuff that you're doing <laughs> So, and like you know Giannis is the poster boy for that right it's just like man like when he was drafted everyone was kind of dissing him right they were dissing the Bucks. they were like dude why are you taking this guy so why skinny little you know skinny little guy coming into the league and now look at him man averaging 33.8 points like just unstoppable force monster yeah just insane insane um you want to talk more about the pistons bucks or
1: yeah just really quickly about uh
0: about the pistons
1: um bojan bogdanovich is so hot (laughs) his shooting has been unbelievable and i and I knew that that was true, and I knew that he was grading out really highly on these player raters. And I was curious if that if it was the product of anything else, and it's really just like he's shooting 50% from three and 53% from the floor. Like um, ride the wave while it's happening. There doesn't seem to be anything really different that's happening for him in in Detroit than in Utah. Like he's he's a guy who's had a great start to the season. Um, you know, when you talk about the idea of like drafting potential. Um, I don't know if, if that applies when you, when you pick one, you take Cade Cunningham, but that guy is so good. I, I was watching him last night and he, he kind of reminds me of Devin Booker in a way where he's never hurried. He's under control all the time. He's got, he's got a great, Brain. He's got great strength, so he can get to his spots. He's strong enough that you're not going to stop him from getting there. And then he's patient enough when he's there to get square and to finish. I mean, he's just—he doesn't—he doesn't really have like a a floater that you see very often um, because he just he gets square. He gets he gets to where he wants to go, um, and he's a really effective shooter. Uh, you know, after he's, he's worked his way there. So I, I pulled up his his stats on NBA.com when he is working from seven plus dribbles. So like, he's just been pounding the ball. He's shoot. (laughs) He's shooting 48% on that. Just like it, it's evidence of like he's worked his way in from out on the post or from out on the, on the into the post. And he's got, he's got you exactly where he wants him, you know? I think that he's – the future is super bright for Cunningham as he gets – like once a three-point shot develops, that's a big differentiator between him and Booker now as Booker's got better range. But I just love the way that he moves around the basketball court. I love the way that he's in control. I mean, I, I was so impressed with him live. Uh, he's a stud.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think the Booker is a really good comp. Um, yeah, like you said, their pace – uh, it's very similar. Um, and yeah, I, I noticed the same thing last year as well. It's just like, yeah, he's just so mature. Uh, Cunningham is so mature. doesn't rush, right? He's just, you know, it looks like, um, you know, he's not pressing the turbo button on the controller. He's just mm-hmm. moving around with the left stick while, you know, other guys, he had to smash the turbo button, but he's still able to get to his spots. So, um, yeah, no, really good analysis there. Uh, perfect comp, actually. I, I really like the, the Booker comp there. So. Yeah, very good. You had some stuff about the uh, the Pistons' bigs?
1: Yeah, just I think that, you know, because there were injuries coming into the season and then I think that the surpri- it was a bit of a surprise when they signed Bogdanovich. Um, there was a bit of a question of, like, how this is all going to fit. Um, Bagley is still hurt. They gave him a big pile of money for reasons unknown. I think that, like, Isaiah Stewart is really the only – center eligible player on the Pistons that is going to be.
0: Like, you don't like Jalen Durant?
1: I So I think that Dern's going to get buried. He didn't play last night. He was sick. Um, but I just don't think that – I don't trust that Dwayne Casey's going to play him enough when Bagley is back. Um, and I think that, you know, Bogdanovich is playing so well at the four um, that you know, starting a rookie center to be, like, your defensive anchor uh, – doesn't seem like a great way to, to do that uh, and the fact that they've really like coaxed Isaiah Stewart into shooting more threes leads me to believe that like when Duran or Bagley is playing the five that you can play Stewart alongside of them so it's not so much that I think that Duran is uh, isn't a bad prospect I just I worry about the minutes already and that's before Bagley has returned and so once there's a full complement of bigs I think that Stewart is probably the safest guy of that group who has center eligibility.
0: I agree because uh, he can play both the four and the five. Right. Um, I do think that though, as the season progresses, I think Duran gets more minutes, and I think Bagley kind of fades off into the sunset. Um, I don't think he'll get completely buried, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think. Bagley is going to be a good fit at the five. So he was probably more at the four, but now, you know, Bojan's you know, pretty much blocked him from there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, me, the right, it, yeah.
1: The real problem with Bagley is that they, they signed him to this contract, you know, like it's yeah. a three year, 37, five year deal or 37, 5 million deal. Like you didn't give him that money to watch him sit, you know, although that is what
0: yeah, they no, I hear you. I hear you. Usually, usually you follow the money, right? Um, but I think, I think Duran has showed enough where, I mean, you know, he's just such a physical freak out there. Um, so yeah. maybe they, maybe they gave him that money, but you have to remember, they gave him that money before they, they got Bojan, right? Mm-hmm. So things definitely change. And then maybe they were like, we don't, you know, maybe their initial plan was to have Duran in the G League or, you know, just have him get reps there, but I think he's shown enough to where, you know, the game isn't too big for him, and he's able to, like, physically handle things, because, like, he's a, he's a big boy, right, Yeah. and so, like, yeah. Like, like, he can hang, um, so I think, you know, with new information that has come to light, um, I don't know if the contract is going to be that, um, much of an issue i guess for the pins but we'll see because at the end of the day usually uh you you know usually following the money is, is probably a prudent thing so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out there for sure um all right jalen williams i love yeah, him he, yeah he i mean as a rookie you know I mean, he's only played two games right he got injured but man i mean we saw it in the summer we saw it in the preseason um, he just looks really good. <laughs> he's just really good. So, all right, give me your thoughts on what you, what you. What you...
1: Yeah, I've spent like the last week or so trying to acquire Jalen Williams. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm annoyed that I don't have more of him. Uh, um, I think he's, I think he's a great combination of being in a really nice spot, and that what he does well is what will be rewarded. Um, I think that. He he could be like a starter soon, if not already. Um, you know, obviously Shea and Giddy are going to be your your primary backcourt competition, but you know Williams is is got good size, um, so he can play the three defensively. And when he was in college at Santa Clara, you know he was he was their best player by a million miles, and so he was used to having the ball in his hands and and creating offensively, um, you know, from that sort of position. So I feel like his skills will keep him on the floor. He's got such good defensive instincts. Like that one game that he's played for the sun for the thunder. He had what four steals in a block or something like that. And I went back and I looked at those steals. Um, one of them was thrown directly to, to him. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other two, at least two of them, it was him anticipating and playing in the passing lanes uh, and then getting out and dunking it. I just feel like for a team that, you know, could use, can really use as many good ball players as they can get their hands on in Oklahoma City, like being a big body, intelligent, plugged in defender will keep you on the floor. And offensively, like he just gets to the glass. I mean, I love that from a rookie. I feel like that's a that's a skill that portends very well for your future. If you can break guys down and get all the way to the backboard, um, you can have a future in this league. So I, I think that, that what's going on for him in Oklahoma City should be just fine. I think he's a better prospect than Trey Mann. I think he's better than Lou Dort. Um, while Giddy is out, he'll have a real chance to shine. Um, and then, you know, the, the Thunder doing their, their tank, their permanent tank, like – if they shut down Shea, they shut down, they shut down Giddy, like, that's all the more reason for Jalen to play. I, I really, I would, I have been trying to add him everywhere um, and I'm annoyed in the places that I don't have him.
0: Yeah. Um. Why didn't you draft him more in the draft season? Or is this something you just saw some things re- more, like, more recently that kind of got you more hyped?
1: Um. No, why didn't I draft him more in the draft season? I, I did in one of these leagues. I did draft him, um, okay. and then I held him in a couple of leagues. He was an early ad. He was like the you know first week, um, and so really what happened in at least two of these leagues is I had him and I I had to drop him because of injury crunches. I just couldn't mm-hmm. I couldn't wait on him because he was also injured. Uh, having him on the same roster as Lamelo Ball like really sort of stung me. But um, yeah, there were times I was. Because of the way that the reporting came out, um, I dropped him, like, a day before they said he's going to play the next day. I was just like, well, had I known that he was close, I wouldn't yeah, have yeah, done yeah.
0: that. But, yeah, no, I, I yeah. know the feeling. It's, it's the worst feeling. So now you're scrambling. You're scrambling to, to get him back. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I, I added him in a 10-team league that I play in, and that might yeah. be too shallow, but, like, I wanna I want to have it. I yeah. want, if this works, I want to say I was right, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, for sure. No, I'll, I'm with you. He looks really good. Uh, I think the uh, the sky is upside for sure. All right, last one before we get out of here. Kawhi Leonard. Your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. I,
1: I'm, I would be worried if I, okay. I don't have Leonard anywhere. Um, it seems bad. It seems like his – whatever is going on with his health is worse than we were sort of led to believe, like – You know, you drafted him with the idea that there would be load management and that there would be injury maintenance. Um, But, like, do you think he plays 41 games this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's probably a stretch now. Um, I think I had him pretty close to there. I might have had him, like, 50. I think I had a 42. I think that's where I ended up my projections at. But, you know, the crazy thing is, even at that projection, like, he was still rating pretty high because, you know, when he's on the court, he's just such a beast. The main problem, though, is when he's on the court, he's only playing half the game. He's 20 minutes, right? 20, 21 minutes. So uh, especially with this new, I guess you can call it a setback, I guess. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't see why they're going to, that's going to change, at least in the, the, you know, the near term, right? So for a while, when he does come back, he's going to be playing 20 minutes, right? And, and. So, no back-to-backs and 20 minutes while he's playing is <laughs> like, what? It's just, yeah, it's brutal. Um, you know, it goes back to the, uh, you know, injured guy's value. It's just, man, you know, there's always examples on both, both ends of the pendulum, right? Like, you know, Anthony Davis was dropping to the end of the first round, right? It's whatever. Injury concerns and things like that. Um, value. You know, Bradley Beal, third, fourth round, you know, things like that, like Kawhi. So, but it seems like more often than not, like, it's usually better to kind of bypass them, <laughs> right? Those options. And you know what's really kicking me is like on my freaking main event team, is that pivotal fifth round, right? Where it was Wendell Carter, or Zach Levine. But then, man, I was going back and looking at it. I was like, Desmond Bain was there. Right? And so I'm like fuck right so now I'm just like ah uh, but when I'm thinking about it I, I remember what I was thinking too I was like okay Desmond Bain he's gonna score but he's gonna fall lighter in the boards and and the assist right so I'm like okay I'd rather have the overall game of Levine and at that time right it was more everything's good with Levine it's all good right he signed a contract I'm in the best shape of my life but you know, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But wh- now, when I think about it, I think going forward, I'm gonna try to be more aware of when it comes to that type of situation because Bain is his trajectory was going up, right? He broke out last year. He's young, so um, there's there's less risk, I guess, right? Because the trajectory is going up, right? Whereas a guy like Levine, you know, he's coming back from an injury. And so the trajectory kind of pointing more down because there's more risk to the downside, right? Even though the potential up to that point or the realized potential is higher, there's more downside because he's coming off the injury and right, he's a little older, right? You know, and it just, yeah. So now when like going forward, I think when there's like a situation like that, I think I'm gonna lean towards the lower, you know, the younger guy that maybe hasn't done as much up to that point but has the where the trajectory is going up, and it's just like it's, it's, it's killing me right now, Joel. It's killing yeah. me. I'm <laughs> dying right now. <laughs> I'm dying. But
1: well, do we have um, any, any positive things
0: that we can we can throw in there here at the end? But so we,
1: you know, we don't have to worry about you, do a wellness check I, on you? I, you
0: know, this is a really bad part for me, actually. You know, forgetting the black mamba jersey, um, you know, t- having to talk about you know, Levine over Desmond Bain and things like that. But, you know, with that said, um, you know, the only way to get better is when you make mistakes, right? Like yeah. that's the best way to learn in life. So, um, and
1: it's still early, you know, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can, the Mamba one is, the Mamba jersey is kind of inexcusable. <laughs> the, uh, the <laughs> Levine, the Levine over, you know, Bane is not, not so much, but, um, but, you know i mean i'm not sh- one to shy from my mistakes i'll you know i'll own up to them and take responsibility for them so uh but you know let's just learn right you make mistakes you learn from it and grow um you know, i think the more that we just kind of dig into things and, and see things uh will just make us better make us stronger going forward and you know hopefully um you know you know make us better fantasy players at the end of the day right like that that's the ultimate goal So. Uh, All right, we've been on for a while. I mean, you and I. I mean, it's great. We can just talk forever, but we do have to, you know, shut it down at some point. So, um, enjoy your week. Good luck, Joel. Um, Until next week, man. We'll uh, looking forward to talking to you again, man. Sounds good. Take care, son. Cool. Later, Joel.